Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home of Cubs Checking. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. Elise Meneker and Mesa alongside Tony Andraki and Bruce Levine. And guys, there's actually, you know, there's always a lot of news during spring training, but today in particular, there's a few things that we're going to hit on. First being Wilson Contreras and the status of where he's at with the team. And actually, Tony, I'll start with you. And Bruce, you heard as well from him this morning. So just both of you really on what he had to say today. Yeah, you know, I, I think he exuded a lot of calm. That was my takeaway. I, and just he doesn't know what's going to happen. It's obviously facing an uncertain future. He and the Cubs will be having an arbitration hearing at some point in the season. Not exactly sure when right now. Obviously, they'll determine his salary for this year. But he signed through the end of this year, so he doesn't know if an extension's coming. You know, he even talked about the trade rumors that he's been in for the last few years. And but his mind, he's just focused on tuning out the distractions, on playing baseball, on trying to be a leader for this team. And that's exactly what David Ross said he's seen as well as he's seen Wilson Contreras being a leader for this team and just feels at peace right now. And, and that's the takeaway we got so far, I think. Right. And on top of that, uh, you know, we have to be honest about this. Uh, They've tried to get a long-term contract with him, and nothing's worked out. I asked uh, Wilson today if he thought uh, they were ever close. He said no. He said, but it doesn't change his mind about how he feels about the franchise, the people that run it, and especially the fans. And he's going out there, and he said, just going to bust it with him and his teammates and not let this be a distraction. Yeah, he's just one of the now more familiar faces, if you will, on this team. So when you talk about that leadership and how important that can be for these guys that have either come over or coming up, uh, can be a vital role. And two, in the games we've seen, you know, there is no 90, 80% to Contreras. Yeah. There is 100 and 110%, I would say, you know, between throwing guys out at second, the back picks. Uh, that's just what you're going to get. You know what? Them. He learned an awful out last year watching Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo struggle with their free agency. And if you remember, he balked at the end. Uh, he, he wasn't too happy about some of the output because he thought even though they're great teammates, great people, they were distracted. And I think he's hell-bent on not, that, not happening for him, that that will not happen for him. He's going to just play ball and let his agents handle the rest. And you make a good point because those were rumors when you talk about Rizzo, especially Brian, that had been circling for years around him. Yeah, and I, I think that is a good point, too, because he's in a much different spot, I think, even than those three guys because he's the catcher and because the Cubs have so many new arms in camp that he obviously has to form this battery relationship with. But also, like you said, Elise, he is the, one of the longest-tenured players. I mean, it's just Kyle Hendricks and then Jason Hayward has a couple months on him in terms of tenure here. But, yeah, obviously he's a, he's a leader. He's their emotional leader on the field. But then just working with the pitching staff and so many different guys, he has – a responsibility to that and to helping Jan Gomes get get up to speed here as well. So I think there's a lot more that he obviously has to be invested into it. And honestly, I, I can't speak for him, but like it might be a little easier to be yeah. to not be you know yeah. distracted by all this because he just pours himself into that. Sure. On top of that, Tony, he said, uh, you know, if this happened to me uh, a few years ago, I might be distracted. But now, other teams looking at me and talking about either trading for me or signing me later. I take that as a great compliment. So Cub fans might not love hearing that, but they, they will love hearing that uh, he is not going to do anything but give 
is 100 percent and be the best that he can be and for his mental mindset that has to just be the best thing for him and how he thinks about it and i even feel like uh you talk about the growth over the last few years that if this were a few years ago he may not have handled it this way even i feel like in the last year or couple with david ross as manager i feel like you've seen a growth in him and how he's carried himself little tricks he's picked up from his manager yeah, and I think, too, one thing he said is that he even admitted that just a couple of years ago the trade rumors did get to him and he felt distracted. So he his maturity, I mean, he feels more mature. So he's able to tune that out. And, and like Bruce said, he understands what trade rumors really are. I mean, somebody wants you. Yeah. I mean, somebody wants you to come play for them. Right. And obviously, since no trade has worked out, obviously the Cubs didn't feel that they felt, you know, the package in return was worth giving up a guy like Wilson Contreras. So either way, it's a bunch of compliments. Um, uncertain future, I have no idea what that must be like for him to go through it but you know obviously it it there is precedent and there is other guys other core members who have gone on um, so we'll see what happens we'll see how it plays out I think the arbitration thing will be very interesting how they negotiate that that normally obviously happens in December and January so how that plays out in April and May not quite sure but you know from everything we've heard from Wilson Contreras and David Ross today it doesn't seem like it's going to be too big of an issue. Keep in mind one other thing this guy truly does bleed cubby blue mm -hmm. he's been with the Cub organization for almost exactly half of his life. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. He's signed as a 16-year-old. He's 30. He's been with the organization 14, 14 years. So just try to comprehend that and how he feels about himself, the organization, and the fan base. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, um, the field almost becomes his escape, right? The one place where he can just be himself and let it all out there, and that's what he loves to do. The rest is, as you've heard guys say before, the business side and, and even just having people help them with that, like their agents. The business side, too, uh, we saw it happen with Suzuki. The field now probably his escape uh, because it's just the game that he loves playing. We now know that Suzuki will start Friday, so make his first spring training start, debut in a Cubs uniform. Uh, really just for you guys, when you heard that, just your reaction, what you're looking forward to. I think just to see him out there, you know, I mean, obviously his at-bats, regardless of what the outcome is, but just how he goes about his at-bats. And like you said, Elise, you brought up the point before we started this podcast that like being on the field is your escape. It's the comfortability. It's a similar game, at least to what he's played over there. Whereas everything else around him has been different. The spring training is obviously very different for him. But I think once he gets out there to see how he reacts, what his body language is like, how he interacts with teammates and the opponents, I think that's what I'm looking forward to most and then just in right field I mean I've seen a lot of at-bats from him I've heard some amazing throws that he's had down here so far but I haven't seen a ton of him playing defense as well so I'm just curious you know how he handles like the high Arizona Sun and sure. how that goes out so those are a couple of things I'm gonna be watching Friday all right and the same with me he's a ball player and I want to see as Tony said how he sets up in right field how he throws how he runs the bases uh, and, and again the body language, like Tony talked about, I want to see how he interacts with uh, the uh, teammates, how he responds to the fans of Wrigley Field. It's going to be fun to watch. I, I think people should not expect him to be uh, the reincarnation of uh, Ken Griffey Jr. or Billy Williams. They should just look at him as a ball player that's going to come here and help them win games. I think if, if that's what he does, I think it'll be a successful run for the five years he's here. Yeah, and the time, too. I mean, I think more than anyone, he actually sounds very aware of the adjustments that it's going to take to play this game. He's a 
a willing and aware of making mm -hmm. those adjustments. And I think that's just almost what we have to remind ourselves of too as we watch them out there because you just expect to see right off the bat um, great plays, which probably defensively could happen more than the great hits we'll see at the plate initially. But uh, he's an athlete. Right? Yeah. He joked about how big the big leaguers are, but he's a well-built, yeah. you know, guy. He's not small. I, so I think it's a great point you bring up, Elise, because a lot of the Japanese players have different body types, okay? And they're thinner from the base down. In, in the case of Suzuki, he has more of an American-style type sure, body. Yeah. He's got a lot of padding here. Not fat, but muscle, strong. So, and that's, if you talk to all the great hitters over the years, they say that's where your power comes from generated from here in the hips uh, you know and you know you're a good ball player you know you generate from the lower half and and that's gonna be fun to watch I, I think I think he's gonna be fine he'll be a good player but again you know expecting 50 home runs and 150 RBI I think that's a little out of the realm of realization yeah and, and I think um, the time aspect to what you alluded to Elise is just the the fact that he's here for five years and he right. knows that he has the, the comfortability. We talk about the uncertainty yeah. of Wilson Contreras. Stability, yeah. He doesn't have that. He has certainty. He knows he's going to be here. The Cubs know he's going to be here. It's a long game. It's not a short game. It doesn't matter what he does in March or first week of April. I mean, obviously, by the time the regular season comes around, he and the Cubs would want performance, of course. But, like, it's going to take some time. There is going to be a little bit of a learning curve here. And I think everybody knows that. I'm not 100% sure how well he knows that. But just a little bit I've seen of him and everything else, he seems to have a good sense of humor, a good personality. I agree. He seems very at ease. So yes, far. considering this has to be an extremely overwhelming situation, uh, probably just something he's approaching handling day to day. Uh, and I asked him about how overwhelming it can be, but it's just, uh, you know, this is his dream, right? right? And when this is your dream, whatever it takes to get here now that he's here, it's just you want to take full advantage of the opportunity. When Darvish was here, I said, what was the biggest adjustment for you? He said, just making sure my family was comfortable. Sure. And I think uh, we remember at the press conference, Suzuki said the same thing. My biggest worry is that the adjustment for my family to the United States. And, you know, I, I don't think uh, we can necessarily relate to that because we're used to ballplayers playing here their whole life, understanding the culture and everything else. So in this case, there is an adjustment of period for him. And, you know, you just have to hope that that works out well for him with his family off the field as well. And go ahead, yeah. No, I was just going to say, I mean, absolutely. Like, my only experience of going to other countries has been on vacation for, you know, a few days at a time. And I can't even imagine, like, his five, six days he spent here and the two weeks prior to before signing. I mean, that's a long time to be here if it was a vacation, but it's not a very long time to be here because he just stepped foot in America less than three weeks ago. So it's it's going to be an adjustment for sure. I, but I think from the little bit that I've seen too from fans, I think fans understand that. I mm -hmm. think fans realize that this isn't going to be, you know, a top prospect coming up and, and you know, being like Ronald Acuna Jr. or Fernando Tatis and like just you know, exploding onto the scene right away. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, we're not sure, but obviously there is a lot of a transition period that we're, we should probably expect here. Yeah, and to your point, I played professional softball in Sweden. The big difference though in Sweden is everyone speaks English. Mm -hmm. and, and Suzuki even said that to me, he would love to learn the language because of course there's that barrier. His translator has been phenomenal in communicating to us and, and just kind of being that, um, 
that mediary that you need to talk to him. So um, it's been fun to get to know him even in the short amount of time that he's been here. Also getting to know players as they come in, Michael Givens officially uh, announced with the Cubs. Uh, bullpen, not just depth, but also more of that veteran presence, that experience that you'd like there, a right-handed reliever. Uh, just thoughts on as these moves that we've been hearing about become official. Yeah, I think the big thing with Givens is he's just another veteran presence who has experience doing a filling a variety of roles in the back end. So he's been a setup guy. He has been a closer. He's pitched big outs in ni in the ninth inning for teams that have been in postseason races as well. And so I think, you know, for Givens, it's I, I'm, we're not quite sure. He has just over two weeks to get up to speed. But with relievers, it, it is a little bit quicker. So, you know, I think it's reasonable to expect he would be out there for opening day. But, you know, in general, just another veteran guy back there, I think, is what David Ross needs. I think there's a level of comfort, level of stability, to use that word again. And Givens and, and a lot of these other guys that they've acquired, Chris Martin, David Robertson, a lot of these guys provide that. I think Givens is just another one. And I know, Bruce, you asked David Ross just about his strikeout totals, and he provides a swing and miss capability. Yeah, he really does. I mean, he's averaged close to 11 strikeouts per nine innings during his career, which is a huge number. Uh, more importantly, like both of you said, the veteran presence, the Cubs have brought in seven uh, veteran pitchers for their bullpen and swing job over the past uh, week. So, uh, you know, you have Drew Smiley in there who can do both, and he'll probably be ticketed eventually for uh, the rotation, but Cannon has done well out of the bullpen. So you have him, you have Robertson, as you said, you have Martin, you now you have Givens, you have Gazelman, who uh, has great experience. So they just keep coming. Uh, the, kid, the kid around right now in the clubhouse, we need name tags because there's <laughs> somebody new every day and, uh, and we're, some of us are new as well. Keegan Thompson was just saying yesterday, like, I'm so bad with names as it is. He's yeah. like, I'm trying my best here. But right. yeah, so uh, it's a good problem, if you will, to have because it means you're getting the depth and what you want to fill this roster. Right. With the roster at it's at right now, you have 28, so that means two spots left. We asked David Ross about that before the game, and he was saying likely filling those spots with pitching because really you just can't have enough of it this season. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, the the two extra spots, we've seen this before. Last year, obviously, to start the season, there were extra roster spots, 2020 as well. And just with, with such a short ramp-up period, I think you have to go arms, you know? And, and the Cubs do have a, a, a lot of position players. I'm not quite sure how that mix is going to play out over the next two weeks, but I think it's kind of a no-brainer, at least from where I stand right now, on you, you add more arms. And, you know, as Bruce mentioned with Drew Smiley, we're not sure if he's going to even be able to be stretched out to go to the rotation. He threw a live bullpen yesterday, Tuesday down here. And, you know, other guys, Wade Miley, a veteran who's been with the team, um, you know, he still has to get up to speed as well. So just however the Cubs mix with their starting rotation, they obviously will need some length out of the bullpen. The two extra roster spots, I think, provide for guys like Justin Steele or Keegan Thompson, regardless of what roles they're in, but they can do more. Daniel Norris threw a live BP just a few feet uh, from where we are as we started this podcast, and he's another guy who has experience starting and relieving as well. And so I think there's a lot of options, and, and David Ross has those guys that you know piggyback starts, and, and I think that's a word we're going to hear a lot, piggybacking. Yeah. From the Cubs and other teams, it's going to happen this year. Yeah, you're, you're going to see a lot of three-inning starts, mm -hmm. some four, some five. You know, Hendricks, you know, uh, probably, um, you know, some of the other guys like Stroman might go further. I mean, Stroman's pitching again today. He's probably going to build up to 60, 70 pitches. He might be ready to go six innings by opening day, but... As a coaching staff, as a manager, do you want him to? 
and with the two extra pitchers, you might say, you know what, we're putting up four innings and 60 pitches on these guys for the first month, and we got the, the two extra pitchers so we can, as you say, piggyback certain guys on certain days, and we'll, we'll go that way. Because, again, 162 games, you don't want to burn your guys early, even though the temptation is there when they say, I can go. Mm-hmm. I think hesitation and being just a little bit more lax about the, the amount of innings will be important. If you ask Stroman, he would say he's ready to go nine. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> the question, like you said, though, what do they really want to see other pitchers this early? And last logistical thing we'll just get everyone caught up on is that Frank Schwindel is dealing with some lower back tightness, so they're mm-hmm. kind of taking it easy with him. It's something he experienced. Was that now a couple of games ago against the Angels? Sunday, yeah. Sunday. So um, he's just he'll be just kind of taking it slow, coming back from that. So just something else to keep an eye on as we keep things going here in Mesa, Arizona. So hope we got you caught up on everything that you need to know. That'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast. For Bruce Levine, Tony Andraki, I'm Elise Meneker. And don't forget to download and subscribe to the pod on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and check us out in video form on the Marquis Sports Network app and YouTube. Thanks for watching.